Hello, everybody. Dr. Lonnie Stewart here from the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. Are you a physical therapy student about to start studying for the National Physical Therapy Examination? Or maybe you're a professor, a program director, or a clinical instructor who teaches DPT students preparing for the NPTE? Either way, we would recommend checking out our sponsor, NPTE Final Frontier, and the community they've built around preparing for and succeeding on the NPTE. That exam and the preparation that goes along with it can be long, tedious, difficult, and stress-inducing, but it doesn't have to be. NPTE Final Frontier has the tactics and resources to help address all of the usual barriers. They even have scholarships to help with NPTE study courses, FSBPT registration fees, and even research opportunities. And if that's not enough, they're even donating to the very first annual HET Podcast Scholarship to be awarded at the end of every year. Go to NPTEFF.com for all of the details and use code HET for 10% off all purchases. Links to both the NPTE Final Frontier and their scholarship options are available in the show notes. And now, let's get ready to learn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. F. Scott Field, and with me today, our very special guest, Dr. Wendy Suzuki. Dr. Suzuki, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about your academic journey and how it led you to where you are today. Sure. So um, I was a physiology anatomy major at UC Berkeley. Uh, I went to graduate school at UC San Diego, focused on memory. I mean, memory was just and continues to be so fascinating to me that our brains allow us to store this information that becomes really the source of our own personal histories. It's, it becomes us really. And so I wanted to understand how the brain did that. The general theme that I've been fascinated with is brain plasticity. How can this amazing organ, our human brain, change its actual circuitry in response to the experiences, the physical experiences, the intellectual experiences, all experiences that we come in contact with? And since I started my research lab here at NYU back in 1998, I have walked through a number of fascinating topics, starting with memory, my first love, and then moving towards the effects of physical activity on the brain, another amazing source of what I like to call positive brain plasticity, mainly because I observed how transformative physical activity was on my own brain when I became a gym rat after being sedentary for a long time and noticed that my brain seemed to be getting better, my memory seemed to be getting better. And most recently, the power of brain plasticity and bringing that to one of the most common kind of emotional struggles that so many people have, which is higher levels of anxiety in the society today. So that's where we are today. I'm the author of two books, Healthy Brain, Happy Life, and then Good Anxiety, both focused on this power of brain plasticity. Yeah, as a physical therapist, obviously, neuroplasticity is a very interesting topic for us. So Let's dive into that first book a little bit, uh, Healthy Brain, Happy Life, yeah. personal program to activate your brain and do everything better. Tell us a little bit about neuroplasticity and how it weaves into that topic. Sure. This book is really kind of a science memoir about how I got so fascinated with the effects of physical activity on the brain that I ended up doing something quite unique. I switched my research area after becoming an expert on memory, which I still love and is my first love. I had to switch because I saw the, the power of the effects of exercise on the brain 
for millions and millions of people, important for improving cognition, improving for important for education. I'm a educator at NYU, but also important for aging. How critical it is to understand that neurobiology to ensure that our brains are in tip-top shape as we age. And that is really the story behind the story that I told in Healthy Brain, Happy Life. And noticing, as I'm sure many of your listeners have, especially your physical therapist listeners, they know how powerful uh, movement is for not just the body and making, tuning it up so, you know, all those amazing muscles and bones and tendons work beautifully, but also that amazing body-mind connection, that what you do with your physical body has an enormous effect on your brain. And that's what I was noticing. I had, I had become a little bit too, or not just a little bit, but way too unbalanced in trying to get tenure and working so hard as a young assistant professor. I didn't do anything but, but work. And I ate a lot of takeout and I gained lots of weight and I, I wasn't happy in my social life either. And I decided to go to the gym to try and both bring more physicality in my life, but also get more social interaction. I love my gym, uh, my, my lab, lots of great people there, but I needed a little bit more uh, external stimulation. And doing that journey really helped me realize how powerful exercise was for your mood, for your memory, for your focus. I noticed how much it helped me write the research grants that I write. And so that was really the aha moment. What's going on here? I'm affecting my own brain. So that was the origin story of Healthy Brain, Happy Life. Yeah, I love that. Movement is medicine, right? We say that yeah. all the time in physical yeah. therapy. And truth be told, if we look at the diet and what we're eating and the food we're putting into our body, right, that can be fuel and medicine. Absolutely. And then the movement's a big component. And I teach the geriatric course in our program. And, uh -huh. and so healthy aging yeah. includes keeping the mind sharp. And we always found my grandmother ended up passing away from Alzheimer's several years ago. But one of the things that we found was she was able to hold on for quite some time because she was always trying to do word searches and Sudoku mm. and all the puzzles and things. And yeah. she tried to keep the mind sharp. She knew she was slipping a little bit here and there. And so she really tried to focus in on that and hone in on that. And I think she did well with that aspect. But one of the ones she was lacking on was the movement and the exercise. Mm. She did start to fade into that sedentary lifestyle. And I definitely think that hurt a little bit. We know that exercise and movement is helpful, especially for the mind. Yes. Let's talk a little bit now about your newest book, Good Anxiety, Harnessing yeah. the Power of the Most Misunderstood Emotion. I, I love this book because I don't really generally deal with anxiety all that mm. much. Mm -hmm. However, I know a lot of my students do, a lot of others that I've worked with have, and academia can do that to you for sure right. and see deadlines and like you said, grants and you know, publish or perish and all these. Oh, and then by the way, I have to teach. So tell us a little bit about the new book here and how we can harness good anxiety. Yeah. So let me start with the title, Good Anxiety. So I say that anxiety can be good because from an evolutionary perspective, the normal human emotion of anxiety and that underlying physiological stress response that we're all too familiar with, all of that evolved to actually protect us. And that is the core of it. This Emotion is not there just to drag us down and to annoy us in our lives. It evolved to protect us. And the book is trying to step back to that protective element and use the science from psychology, from neuroscience, to teach us how to get back to that good protective 
helpful element of anxiety. Now, I'm not turning anxiety into a bed of roses. It still has that negative, uncomfortable element to it because it's warning. It's saying, hey, pay attention here. And you really can't do that as effectively with joy or happiness. I wish you could, but you can't. And so it really is trying to harness that power and bring it back to the protective element and use all the tools that we have in our kind of scientific arsenal today to really turn anxiety into a useful tool or even a superpower in some cases for our lives. Yeah, give us a couple of tips or tricks or pointers that we can do to implement into our life yeah, to harness great. that power. Sure, sure. So I say, you know, you might think that doesn't work for me. I, you know, anxiety is not helpful for me at all. And so the first step in this kind of good anxiety program is to learn how to turn the volume down. Anxiety at its highest levels cannot be protective. It just overwhelms us as we're all too familiar with. So a lot of the book are tools first to turn that volume down. I'm never going to get rid of it. But one of my favorite tools, as we've already talked about, is physical activity. Just 10 minutes of walking can decrease anxiety levels. I'm going to say that again. 10 minutes of walking. You don't have to change into your spandex or your special shoes. Everybody can walk right now, barefoot, whatever shoes you're wearing. And that has been shown to significantly decrease anxiety levels. That's, of course, it's not the only tool, but those are many, one of many tools that I give to turn the volume down. And now for a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, Varela Financial. If you're a physical therapist and you have student loan debt, you got to talk to these guys. What makes them unique is that they view financial planning like running hurdles on a track. And for PTs, the first hurdle many of us run into is student loan debt. Varela Financial will help you get over that hurdle. They not only take the time to explain to you which plans you individually qualify for and how those plans work, but they also take the time to show you what your individual case looks like mapped out within each option. So if you're looking for help on your student loan debt or any area of personal finances, we recommend working with them. I use Varela Financial personally, and they were able to help me lower my student loan repayment from about $1,800 a month down to about $135 per month simply by finding the right repayment plan that best fit me, my family, and our life goals. You can check them out at varelafinancial.com. Link is in the show notes if you need it for reference, and tell them the HET podcast crew sent you. And now back to the show. But let me get to those beneficial elements of anxiety. And one of the gifts or superpowers that come from anxiety is productivity. Did you ever think that productivity can come from your own anxiety? And here's how it works. So it works on your own anxiety. So this is based on a very common form of anxiety, which is the what if list. What if I didn't do that? What if I did do it, but I did it wrong? What if I did it too late? What if I did it too early? All the what ifs that come up. Now, first thing I want you to note is that those what ifs are about things that you care about. They are things that are important to you. You don't have what if lists about that series that I didn't watch on Netflix. Oh, I missed episode eight. No, it's about your assignments, it's about your relationships, about money. It's about things that are really important for you. That's really important to notice. And so the way this gift works is that I'm inviting everybody to take their what if list that comes up whenever it comes up for you and simply transform that into a to do list. Now, remember, this is these are important things for you. And so by simply translating that what if and 
putting an action on it. So what if my report isn't good enough the next day or today? I'm going to spend 30 minutes focused work and working on it. Or I'm going to ask three different people to comment on my idea so I get a better, I get better feedback. And why does this work? It works because anxiety evolved to have an action put on it. 2.5 million years, these actions were physical actions. A tiger is attacking me, so fight or run away. That is an action. So here we're translating that into, we typically don't have physical threats to us. We have these assignment threats or, or emotional threats sometimes. But if you put an action on it, if you do something that can help alleviate that feeling of anxiety and the side effect is you become more productive at the same time. Yeah, anxiety gets the bills paid at the end of the day, right? And what if I don't <laughs> exactly. pay my bills? I'm in trouble, right? How right. I don't have utilities. So yeah, to some extent, you have to take action on those what ifs. I love that. That makes it so simple and it really gives us something to implement. So I appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about what's in the future for you. What do you got coming down the pipeline? What's next? One of the things I'm most excited about is that in September, just this past September, I was appointed Dean of the College of Arts and Science at New York University. So now I am responsible for the academic lives of 9,000 students in my college, the largest private college in the United States. And the course that I'm teaching, the freshman seminar, the first year seminar that I'm teaching starting in just two weeks is called how to build a big, fat, fluffy brain. And you won't be surprised to know that all the principles of brain plasticity from healthy brain, happy life and good anxiety are the core of this course. So what do I want to do? I want to bring the principles of brain plasticity to help all of these beautiful undergraduate brains, first year, second year, third year, fourth year, perform maximally in college. And I'm developing programs to help make that happen and trying to implement all of these ideas into this academic setting. And that that is my goal as dean. Yeah, perfect place to do that. I think you obviously are in a good spot for that. We ask all of our guests this one final question. You could change one aspect of higher education. What aspect would you change and how would you change it? Wow. You know, I, I would love to transform the way we measure learning tests and okay, you got 98%. And that means that you are not, your number is 98%. I would love to transform that into more interactive ways of assessing performance and learning. And also be mindful of the fact that we know for a fact that every single person starts out at a different level. And so some are higher, some are lower, but maybe they improve. And maybe the one that started lower, they improve even more. All of that are in current thinking of what are the best ways to do that. It's still a little bit uneven and how we're bringing that into the classroom. I would love that to be, that to be the, the general way that everybody is assessed and take away because a lot of that anxiety that I'm seeing in my students come from that gathering of points. I need one more point, you know, to be the good student I want to be. That really is not the point of university. It's about learning. It's about expanding your knowledge. And I would love to move towards that. Yeah. One of the things we're seeing in the field of physical therapy right now is a movement towards competency-based education mm. where yeah. 
did you master the skill? Can you complete the competency? Okay, then you move on, right? Because yes, again, the, we, I talked about this recently on one of our brief Teach Me Something Tuesday episodes about how grades really just don't matter all that much. And we put such an emphasis on them. And I was never a great student. I was a B student with a couple of C's sprinkled in there, but mm. I worked hard. I was persistent. Mm -hmm. I was able to complete two doctoral degrees. So it's not like, you know, it was all for naught. I mean, I enjoy learning. I like yeah. the process of learning. I just didn't know how to do it early on. I wasn't very mm. good. And then I was an English major who transitioned into physical therapy. So it wasn't a natural bridge for yeah. me either. It was yeah. a lot of hard work. Yeah, But the grades didn't really matter to me. I put the ego aside very early on and I said, hey, I know I'm going to need help. Let's just ah. do what it takes to learn. And yeah. I got through and I've had a very great career. I love physical therapy. I love what I do. I love teaching now and educating. So I think we do put a lot of emphasis on those grades and you can see the stress and anxiety to puts on a lot of the students to make those grades where if we just focused on the content and really the mastery of the content yeah. any way, any way necessary, and then show us that you were able to master it in some way, shape or form, then we could move you on to the, to the next level. And I, I, I like that idea. That's that to me, that would probably reduce the stress and anxiety a little bit as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a process and it's not like, I know it's not easy just to, okay, everybody just transform your class right now. It takes a lot of thinking, but we are moving in that direction. And so many, so many universities that are thinking about the most modern ways to approach learning. I'm not novel in that respect, but I'm a supporter of that. And that will be also part of my efforts. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. likewise. Dr. Suzuki, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on here to educate our audience on neuroplasticity and everything that's involved with the brain and keeping it healthy. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you and just see what you're up to or follow your journey? Yeah. Best place to find me is my website, wendysuzuki.com. Easy to remember, hopefully. And all of my information about books, I have a lot of my TED Talk, all of my interviews and podcasts are listed on there, as well as my course courses at NYU. Awesome. We'll put the link in the show notes there so it's easy for everyone to find. Great. Uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Well, I hope that episode was entertaining as much as it was informational and educational. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, we ask you to please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. And please share out the episodes to those who you feel may be able to benefit from them. We also urge you to follow us on all social media platforms at HET Podcast and let us know what topics or experts you would like to hear from in future episodes. And just as a reminder, none of the information on today's show should be considered medical advice. It's simply infotainment or edutainment to help educate our audience. For medical advice, we always advise you to reach out to your preferred medical professionals, and we'll see you on the next show.